The next attribute in our series of Memches, Kinyan Torah, continues the theme which we began at the end of last week's year, where I mentioned that there would be a succession of ohaves, things that we are supposed to love. And the next one on the list, <coughs> for a topic that we'll begin today's year with, is ohave es habrios, loving other people. So there are a number of different approaches here, both in the Brisa and sixth parak of Avos, and more generally about what exactly this means, why is this important, and then ultimately how does this connect back to Kinyan Torah. Rav Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shemaim here in our Brisa says that this refers to and underscores just simply the importance of getting along with others. Says Rav Yaakov Emden, an unbelievably and profoundly insightful point that there is a certain type of tzaddik, a certain type of person who genuinely does mean well, who genuinely loves Hashem, the previous Kenyan, but they think that because of their abundant and overriding love of Hashem, therefore they must, lachain, that leads to their hate of other people who are not on their level, who aren't doing exactly what should be done, and perhaps that's correct that it should be done, but their love of Hashem leads to their hate of other people. And therefore, says Rav Yaakov Emden, this Midah, this Kenyan, comes right after the previous one, Oheves HaMakom, and that's not enough. Also, Oheves HaBrios. Similarly, the Chassid Yaivitz here says, simply that if you love Hashem, Memela, naturally, you will love His children. Now, again, why is this so? So, firstly, as Chassid Yaivitz just implied, there's something natural about it. It's a certain inextricably linked to Avas Hashem, a certain natural flow. Um, I think this is clearly what the Chassid Yaivitz is implying, and it's also well known in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, that Avas Yisrael and Avas Hashem are really one and the same. Since if you love the father, Memela, you should also love the family, love the children. Uh, in a slightly different uh, way of putting this from a more uh, Musr uh, perspective, um, Rav Yeruchim Levavitz says in the Das Chachma U Musr, in the third volume, that the source, the root, the shorish of everything interpersonal in the Torah, the shorish of it all is an awareness of the Tzalem Elohim that each and every other person possesses. And therefore the respect that each and every other person deserves as someone who possesses that Tzalem Elohim. And therefore, similarly to what we saw, whether it's the respect that he describes or the Ahava that the Baal Shem Tov or the Yaivitz described, it flows from the recognition of the connection between the person in front of you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You love the person because he's Hashem's child and you love Hashem, and or you respect the person because you respect for Hashem and this person is a tzelem elokim, is made in Hashem's image. So one is focused slightly more on ahava, the other more on respect. One is a little bit more, we could say, Hasidish. Certainly it's the Baal Shem Tov, although it clearly is beyond the Baal Shem Tov, as we saw from the Rav Yaakov Emden and the Chassid Yaivitz. Uh, or, in the case of Yerucham, it's a Musr perspective, but I think they share the same common thread, that that love and respect that we have to have for people, in both of their perspectives, naturally flows from our feelings in that way, towards Hashem. An alternate way of looking at it, 
also suggested uh, from the Musra school, the Altar of Kelim, uh, points out that it's actually a fundamental expression of imitatio dei, of mahu afata. Says the Altar of Kelim that midas akadosh baruchu shuhu ohev lakol. He actually says the most essential and defining characteristic of akadosh baruchu is that he is someone who loves people. After all, he says, says, there's nothing more obvious. All sorts of things we speculate, we think we know about Hashem. But there's nothing as clear, there's nothing as obvious as the fact that Hashem loves other people. Because, says the altar, if Hashem didn't, then there's no way any individual could survive. We only survive out of the largesse and kindness of God. And therefore, he suggests that as a form of mahu afatav, imitating Hashem, if he loves other people, it's incumbent on us to be ohev as habrios. So all of these sources that we have mentioned until now, again, make one point clear. And even though it is clear, it's important to stress the point. Number one is the importance, simply the importance of getting along with other people, loving them, respecting them, and where that comes from. That's number one. Number two, the next question is, well, how does one do that? How does one demonstrate that love uh, and respect and care and concern? So the Tiferes Yisrael here says, Inyan ahava, misava, mitave, excuse me, hakara The definition of ava, he says, somewhat, I would say, a modern, very insightful, uh, almost ahead of his time, you could say, is hakara v'hashva'a, recognition and identity with the other. If you truly understand that person, you truly get them, there's a true hakara and a genuine hashva'a, an identity with the other person, samamela, that will itself make a person uh, feel loved. On a more practical level, the Orchos Tzadikim, one of the most important and classical Musa works from the Rishonim, uh, has a very important entry, the Sha'ar of Ahava, and here he makes the point, very practically, how do you get this good relationship with people? He says, you don't wait for the feeling to come, but rather do good things for people, and actions will lead to feelings. Uh, in a very broad sense, this is a famous idea associated with the Sefer Chinuch, who mentions this idea many times in his work, Achreha Pu'ulos Nimshach Halavavos, that the heart follows the actions. And specifically when it comes to love of other people, uh, this is also an idea in more recent times made very famous by the Mikhtav Me'eliyahu, Eliyahu Dessler, in the essay in his sefer called Kutras uh, Ahava, I think it's called, or Kutras Achesed, excuse me, Kutras Achesed, where he makes this point as well, that the more you do for other people, Memela, the more you will love them. One could certainly connect that back to what we saw from the Tiferes Yisrael, even though he was speaking more abstractly, that the more you do, then the more hashva'ah, the more you identify with that person, and Mamela, they will certainly feel loved and you will be drawn to love them, as the Orchos Tzadikim stresses. Um, but what we still have, so that's the second point. Now we know the importance of this, we know what it means to love and how to love, but what we don't yet know, and the next thing for us to address is, well, what does this have to do specifically, though, with the Kinyan Torah? Why is this listed here? So one answer is suggested uh, both by the Machzor Vitri here in Avos as well as the Orchos Tzadikim in, uh, as we mentioned, Shar Ahava. 
that by loving people, they will respect you. They'll come to love Torah, which you represent. And then along the line, they will help you, they will support you, and they will make it possible for you to work more on your Torah. The Lechem Shemayim, Rav Yaakov Emden, uh, says the same point, but from the opposite perspective. Conversely, if you don't get along with people, they will help you, they will bother you, and they will mevatel you and cause you problems and you won't be able to learn. So, both whether it's the Machzavitri, Norchos Sadikim, in the positive, the Lechem Shemayim, the negative, but the first approach is practical, very pragmatic. If you get along with people, <clears throat> they're more likely to help you, to support you in all sorts of ways, perhaps he implies even financially, that will enable your learning. And if you don't get along with people, they'll cause you all sorts of tsaris and problems and distract you and take away from your time and you simply won't be able to learn. A second answer is given by the Maharal. And this is very much the Maharal Lishita So, consistent with what we've seen many times, that according to the Maharal, in order for a person to achieve success in Torah, you have to make it yourself into a klikibul. And one of the things that makes you worthy of being a kli, a receptacle for the Torah, is that you must be part of the klal. The Torah was given to the Jewish people, not to anyone individual, and therefore you must become part of the klal. Says the Maharal here, you must love people, or vesebrios, to become part of the klal, and then that memela makes you worthy of getting the Torah from Hashem. A third approach is suggested by uh, the Medrash Shmuel, and it's also an alternate approach mentioned by Yaakov Emden, but uh, primarily the Medrash Shmuel advocates this idea. And that is that if you love people, your Oves Abrios, and you give to them, that will lead to them getting closer to Torah when they see the wonderful Midos that you as a representative of Torah uh, espouse. And because of that, Hashem will reward you with more Torah. So it's kind of a three-step process, according to the Medrash Shmuel here. If you love people and give things to them, you help, you benefit them, you're metiv them, as naturally we want to do to the people that we love. Memela, step two, the people will see the great kindness and midos that a ben Torah represents. Ohev sabrios, and then umakarvan the Torah, as many point out in the famous Mishnah in the first parak of Avos. It's only by first showing that you love people. Ohev sabrios, then you can be makarvan the Torah. And then step three, by doing all of that, Hashem will reward you with more Torah. So it's somewhat similar to the Maharal in that you make yourself worthy for Torah, but obviously it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little different and in a certain sense a little bit more mechanical. It's not about somehow philosophically or existentially becoming part of a tzibur, and the tzibur has a right to Torah, but rather on a more one-to-one basis, the more you give to people and the more you're makar of them to Torah, Mela Hashem is going to want to invest in you and reward you with more and more Torah. A fourth and final idea to mention, very, very fascinating, uh, is completely different than the three we've seen until now. Because all the ideas that we've seen until now, um, we're, we're all assuming that it has to do with how you interact with other people and kind of relates to classical acts of chesed, kindness, and avas Yisrael. And then we saw three different reasons why that might lead to a Kenyan Torah. However, another possibility is to view not learning as something separate from or even as a reward for the acts of chesed, rather to see the very act of learning itself as an act of chesed and avasabrios. Not that you pursue acts 
and that leads to why the Kenyan Torah. But by pursuing the Kenyan directly, by learning Torah, that itself can be an act of avasabrios, which then further invests you in the Kenyan Torah. How so? So this is the suggestion that's made by the Lakewood Mashkiach of Matisyao Salomon in his Sefer Matnas Chaim. And he starts off by just asking a simple question, the question that we've been kind of stressing and addressing, which is, what does Abbas Abrios have to do with Kenyan Torah? And he strengthens the question that Adarabba, on the contrary, the more you're a people person, that's a distraction from learning. So he explains that it doesn't mean all this other generic, standard people person, chesed, hanging out with people, showing you love them stuff. On some level, there's no question that's not the best way to learn. That may not be a way of Kenyan Torah, he says. Rather, it's based on uh, the idea, perhaps most famous, in the Nefesh HaChaim. And a number of places in Sha'ar Dalid, Rav Chaim makes the point, this is part of his overall um, metaphysical, mystical worldview, says Rav Chaim the world was only created b'shvil reishis, b'shvil ha-Torah. The whole world was only created for Torah. And therefore, Mimele, but it was only created for Torah, it is only sustained on an ongoing basis because of Torah. And therefore, Rav Chaim says very famously, if there would be even for one moment, one second, that moment that no one in the world was learning Torah, the whole world would cease to exist. Memela, says Rechaim Velazhener, the engine that keeps the whole world going is the people that are studying and learning and teaching Torah. Torah is the purpose of the world, and therefore Memela, it's the only thing that keeps the world sustained in an ongoing basis. And therefore, one could suggest that by learning, especially, especially I will add, if you have this awareness, um, then on some level, you're doing an act of chesed by learning Torah itself. That itself is the very, very act of learning is the act of chesed because it's only through that learning that the world and everyone in it is maintained and sustained. Uh, the Chazonish mentions this in one of his letters as well, Igeres Samach Gimel, where he says quite literally he thinks that one person can hold up the world um, just by their learning, and therefore in that sense, learning Torah, people who are learning Torah are doing a chesed for the world. So in light of this, again, you can find it in other sources as well, but it's most well known as an idea of the Nefesh HaChaim, Rav Chaim Volozhner. Therefore, says Rav Matzio Solomon, based on this, that we can suggest that the best way to demonstrate your Abbas Abrios is by learning. So if you see yourself very much as an altruistic people person, you want to do chesed, you want to oives abrios, so the more and more you learn, the more and more you are helping the whole world and therefore everyone in the world. And of course, if you have that attitude, that's going to give you unyielding and unending motivation to learn and learn more. So we start off by seeing the importance of classical chesed in Avas Yisrael. We talked about practically how that's expressed. And then we suggested four different interpretations for what that general idea, how that anyway connects to learning. Three of the ways were very A leads to B, each one in their own way. But the idea was that Ahavas Abrios or Ahavas Abrios does refer to more classically understood chesed or achtus. And as a result of that, or as a reward for that, we get uh, Torah. And then this last idea that very fascinatingly views the very act of Torah as a form of Ahavas Abrios. And therefore, the more you love other people, the more you'll learn. And then obviously, in that understanding, and then in that conception, you will certainly increase and deepen your Kenyan Torah. Okay.
Our second, uh, I think, smaller topic for today is the next Midah, the next one of the Ohaves, and that is Ohave Esha Tzedakos. Um, and here also we have the same kind of question of what does this have to do with learning Torah? But we also have, as a lot of the Mepharshim are sensitive to, um, an interesting question of definition, uh, particularly and specifically why the Lashon of the Brisa, why this Midah, this Kinyan, is in the plural, not Ohave Esha but oivesa tzedakos, in the plural. So one interpretation, uh, in terms of the definition of what are we talking about and why it's in the plural, is suggested here by the Chassid Yaivitz, who says that tzedakos is in the plural to emphasize its importance. It's not enough for you to act in a righteous manner, but you should also, in plural tzedakos, be endeavoring and trying to see to it that other people also act in a righteous and kind way, and act with tzedakah. In Parakei of Avos, in the previous parak in Mishnah Yud Gimel, it mentions four different midos, which in that context seems to mean different attitudes towards tzedakah, towards kindness, towards helping people, towards charity. And the highest there, the chassid, is one who gives and who desires that other people give as well. A lot of interesting discussion there in the various Mepharshim. But there also in Parakei, the same Chassid Yaivitz makes the same point, that by encouraging others to give, that demonstrates that when you gave, when you give tzedakah, when you help people, you are sincere and not motivated by self-aggrandizement. If you put the two uh, selections together by the Chassid Yaivitz, tzedakos here is in the plural, because it emphasizes the importance that not only do you do chassid, do you do tzedakah, but you want to make sure that other people do as well. And the reason it's important that you want other people to do it is because in a certain sense, that's a litmus test. It indicates that when you do tzedakah, you're doing it for sincere and altruistic motivations. That's the first interpretation of what is tzedakos here, oivas tzedakos. A second idea is not so much about just encouraging people to give, but that it's not enough to give, but that, that you must love giving tzedakah. That's the interpretation here of the Tiferes Yisrael that the emphasis is on loving tzedek, loving righteousness. And he goes so far as to say that it should hurt when you see injustice or people hurting each other, and therefore you should be energetic in defending people who are being mistreated. And You, th- you should enthusiastically help those who are involved with chesed and doing good for other people. Rav Matisio Solomon elaborates on this and says if you truly love tzedek or tzedakah, then you're giving for the right reason. That's, that is the definition of lishma in a sense, when it comes to tzedek or tzedakah. And he elaborates on you know, a sad reality that we're all familiar with, that lots of people give, but they give and they help for selfish reasons, for publicity or for honor. And these people often, not always, but often, uh, are actually selfish or maybe even mean in the other areas of life. As opposed to people who give and help others and give charity just simply for the love of it. So that is a, uh, a symptom that it's truly part of who they are, part of their essence, and then that encompasses all parts of their lives. Also, he adds, on a practical level, if you really love it, then you'll find many opportunities to give tzedakah. And that's also, he suggests, part of the lashon of tzedakos, not just giving when you can or when you have to, but looking for opportunities. I can say on a personal level, uh, my maternal grandfather, my Zaidi, who I grew up with, he was uh, the embodiment of this. He was, in a certain sense, very much oivesa tzedakos, 
as understood here in this second interpretation. It wasn't just that he gave, but he really loved giving. It was part of who he was. It made him happy, honestly, and therefore it permeated to all areas of his life, not only the public, but even the private and the familial. And it also meant that he would be pained if he couldn't give, and he looked for opportunities to give. Um, he was very much an Oyvetz HaTzadus in the plural, as the Tiferes Yisrael and Ramatis Solomon uh, explain it. A third interpretation is suggested by Rav Baruch HaLevi Epstein, more well-known perhaps as the author of the Torah Tamima commentary on the Chum, but also the author of a number of Sfarim under the title Baruch She'amar. And there's a volume of Baruch She'amar on Pirkei Avos. And here also on the sixth chapter in the Memches Kinyan Torah, the Baruch She'amar explains that what is Oivat Tzedakos, specifically in that Lashon, he says that we have to really take a step back. I mean, if it just means tzedakah, so tzedakah is something which, you know, clearly is, it is virtuous, but it's also obligatory. And he thinks that that's not likely to be one of the lists of the Memchas Kinyani Torah, only because that's obvious that you need to do that. I mean, if you don't ever get tzedakah, you're a sinner. Um, why would that be listed among the unique attributes of a Talmud Chacham, of someone who has a Kinyan Torah? That's something that would be more baseline. And therefore, suggests the Baruch Shamar, what's being referred to here, specifically in the context of the Kenyan Torah, is not just the most basic, being a mensch, or being a yasher, being honest, giving the minimum amounts of tzedakah, or being honest, but rather, he says, being mevater, giving up what's rightfully yours, as a form of lifnim mishur sadin, going beyond the letter of the law. There's basic obligations of tzedakah, there's basic obligations of being honest in business, but we all know that it, many times it's harder um, to give up something when we feel it's really rightfully ours and it's contested by someone else. To just voluntarily give some tzedakah, whatever the amount, um, but that often is easier than actually gi- being mavatar, giving up something which we think is rightfully ours because someone else has a claim to it, which we think is totally wrong. But to be mavater on that, even though we have a right to perhaps argue it and bait in or something like that, but to give up on that, to be mavater, says the Baruch Shemar, that's someone who's truly oheva sasadakos. And he continues and points out that we see, and he gives a few examples of this, numerous amare chazal, gemaras midrashim, where there's a certain expectation, especially for chachamim, for rabbonim, to do just this, go beyond the letter of the law, to act lifnim mishuris adin. Um, and this is very appropriate, he says, for Talmud HaChachamim, because it's this kind of a behavior which will bring a um, tremendous honor to the Torah. So we've seen now a few different interpretations of what Oiv Tzedakos is. It may mean not only giving, but encouraging others to give. The second interpretation is not only giving, but truly loving that you can give. And the third was going beyond the letter of the law, being mevater, lifnim ishur sadin. About all three of these definitions, though, we can ask, you know, what does this have to do with the Kenyan Torah? And I think the answer is, has to be one of two things. Either on a pragmatic level, as we saw in the previous part of the year, it can be a catalyst for people to help and to actually support you, or at the very least, not to bother you, because you are one of these three Ohevesetzadakos. So it could be that this is just a prank advice, not only are there these good midos, but pragmatically these can help with your Kenyan Torah. Or perhaps, secondly, 
it's the type of behavior that is expected of someone who represents Torah, and therefore in that sense, it's making yourself into the kind of person that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would naturally want to endow with, with uh, abundance of Torah. So whether it's more practical or a little bit more uh, in principle, I think you have to give one of those two explanations for any of the three interpretations we've seen until now. A fourth and final interpretation, which is very different and in a certain sense more limited, but fascinating in its own right, um, is offered by Rav Yaakov Emden here in the Lechem Shemayim. And he explains that what's being referred to here is actually much more narrowly, uh, specifically in the context of a dayan, of a rabbinical court judge. And he says here, Oyvatsa Sadakos refers to the dayan, the judge, being encouraged that he should act lefnimishur sadin, that he should encourage the litigants in front of him to compromise, rather than just deciding you're right and you're wrong, chayev and zakai, and there's a tremendous virtue uh, that the Gemara speaks about of pshara, of encouraging the litigants to compromise with each other. Ultimately, the litigants have to decide, but there is a strong emphasis on the judge, on the dayan, being encouraged uh, or encouraging the people to do that. What does this have to do with Kinyan Torah? So Rav Yaakov Emden says, yeah, we don't mean generally this has to do with um, becoming a Talmud Chacham or sustaining your learning, but rather it's referring to a dayan who follows this model. The Gemara in Sanhedrin and Davav says this is the model of David, who did both Mishpat, letter of the law, and Tzedakah, beyond the letter of the law. I is not a contradiction. Is it Mishpat or is it Tzedakah? Is it Tzedakah or is it Mishpat? Says the Gemara, no, you can have them both if you do Pshara. Pshara is a form of Din. It's still a hues to the basic tenets and values of Din. But instead of being a hard line being drawn with right and wrong, it's much more fuzzy around the edges and a little bit more gray to encompass the various positions in all the different parties. And that's a form of Mishpat, so Tzedakah, known as Pshara, and that is something that's very, very wonderful. And it's, in, it's included in our list, it seems, from Rav Yaakov Amnon, because it refers to success as a dying. And if you can bring the litigants to this higher level where they can help Shara, even though they both think they're 100% right and the other person 100% wrong, you can bring them to a place of mishpat, which is tinged with tzedakah, that itself is a, a form of Kinyan Torah in the sense that that's perhaps the highest expression of uh, a dayan being done MS Lamito in the sense of the ultimate uh, goal of mishpat and tzedakah together.